I love it when we start out shows laughing and smiling and talking all things. But anyway, hi, everybody. I'm Elizabeth here on the Best Ever You Show, and I have the amazing Paula Ferris. What an amazing moment here. I, I actually am kind of like, oh, I'm nervous. And oh, is it because oh, I'm scary? No. Is it because I'm not scary, because, Elizabeth? It's because you're just, you know, you see oh. on TV and you see, mm -hmm. you know, do all these things. And they're like, I sent you an email on Instagram. I'm like, I wonder if I could actually like know her for real and if she would be on my show. And you guys are so sweet. So thank you because this is such an important topic and I've struggled silently mm. for so long. I'm yeah. 54. I, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I have four kids. They're four 20, boys. Four, four boys. Four boys. Yeah. They're yes. 24, 20 or 22, 24, 26 and 28. See, one of them's 26 today. Oh, happy and, birthday. Yeah. But I know you, like, I know the, oh, what am I doing? Am I working? Am I at home? Oh my gosh, somebody's sick. What yeah. Do I do? Oh, take it away. And oh my gosh, your book. Um, that's how I discovered it. I'm like, what a great idea. So you don't have to carry it all. Ditch the guilt and find a better way forward. Oh, I wish I had this book like 25 years ago. I know. It's so, <laughs> it's so interesting, Elizabeth, you know, when, as an author, you know, you get feedback, oh, you know, I feel seen and heard and valued and validated as a mom. But a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is like, why is it 2023? And this book is just getting written. And that's when you know, you've struck a nerve, a good nerve, though. Um, and I'm all about beating the drum for working mothers and making sure that motherhood in general is valued and validated and that moms feel seen and celebrated and heard. Because um, I think in this country would do a really good job of scrutinizing and penalizing motherhood. So, oh, I change the reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Well, so, tell me about your life and children and how much what you've gone through. Yeah. So, I have three kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they are not in their twenties yet, but I have a ninth grade daughter and I have two sons that are Cute. seventh grade and third grade, and they are incredible. But um, you know, mothering is, I think, you know, the best job I could ever have. But, you know, I do feel like there are other passions in my heart um, and other um, callings that I want to pursue. But I realized once I became a mom that the workplace and society is not really set up to celebrate motherhood. And so I wrote this book. You don't have to. Yeah, I, I wrote the book. You don't have to carry it. I'll ditch the mom guilt and find a better way forward. It's based not only on my own experience of being a mother and a, and a working mom, um, and again, all moms work, but a mother working outside of the home, yeah. uh, but the experience of so many other mothers. And I was like, is it just feeling that once I became a mom, I, be I started getting scrutinized more and I, I like started getting passed over on promotions. <laughs> I started getting paid less and then I started looking into it. And that's really what like propelled me to start Carry Media, which I left my journalism career I was working at ABC News and Good Morning America and The View, and I really felt like I wanted to champion the motherhood and champion working moms because I learned that once you become a mother, you are paid less, you are valued less, and you are scrutinized more. And I'm like, this is bananas because as a journalist, you're always trying to, to identify marginalized groups and inequities. And I'm like, this is a huge inequity. Why is motherhood something that should be cherished and celebrated? Why is it truly punished in this country? Um, not just for like, you know, discriminatory reasons, but also like if we don't have kids, Elizabeth, we don't have a human race and we don't have a labor force to actually grow our economy. Mm -hmm. So it's like our country is talking out of both sides. You know, we value family, 
but do we really? No, huh. because we don't support it. So yeah. uh, that's that was really the onus for writing the book was, you know, I want mothers to feel seen and heard and valued and validated. And I want them to feel like this book is a hug and a sword and helpful and hopeful. Um, but we've got to change the reality. There's no reason why motherhood should be punished the way that it is here in America. We shouldn't make 70 cents on the dollar compared to fathers. We shouldn't be passed over on promotions once we become mothers. We we shouldn't be scrutinized more. We shouldn't be deemed less viable leaders. I know my kids, and I write about it in the book, how parenthood and motherhood, whether the baby grew in our heart or our tummy, um, scientifically, physiologically equips us, us with so many capabilities that we didn't have before we became mothers. Like efficiency yeah. and empathy and courage and vision and leadership and emotional intelligence and social cues. And, and we take more risks and our capabilities grow and our productivity goes through the roof. And yet, why are we treated like a liability? It's yeah. so I wanted to do something about it. That's why I wrote the book. A little bit. So I love it. It's just the beginning. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And I can, I can feel it because, you know, I, I, I just, I wish this book would, like I said, I wish it existed like years ago, yeah. years and years and years ago, but I'm glad it exists now because it's going to set the tone for a lot of different things. You know, when, tell me if I'm this way I felt, and I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but I felt always like I was divided into uh -huh. and like I could not do both things to well, the level of which I achieve to do things. Because because it is not, we're not set up for success. I'm like, being, I'm being like, a working mother doesn't work in this country. Oh. It just doesn't. And that's really an American thing, Elizabeth, what I learned in writing the book and interviewing experts and leaders and historians and sociologists. I'm like, why is it so hard to be a mother in America? Harder than anywhere else. Why is it so difficult to be a working mother in America? And yeah, we're dealing with the things I just aforementioned, you know, the mom penalty and the mom gap, you know, we're paid less. And then we have the burnout because we're trying to do it all. We're trying to Everything. carry it all because yeah. we don't have a realistic measuring stick of what it means to be a mother here in this country. You look globally, this is something that really gave me a lot of freedom. Well, First of all, I realized like it's jacked up here in America. Like we have our priorities yeah. like askew. Um, and most moms are working today because they have to. They need to work to put food on the table. This isn't the 1950s, which by the way, the 1950s, that traditional family, well, it worked for part of the people part of the time because black people and, and women were forced out of the workforce. Men came home with lipstick on their collars. What could women do? They couldn't get a job. And if they did, they were paid a lot less. Poverty was at an all-time high. We had a teenage pregnancy boom. So like we, we have these blinders on and nostalgia for like, let's go back to the good old days. Well, the most traditional family in all of American history I learned in interviewing historians and sociologists was the family where the mother and father worked side by side and they co-labored and they co-produced and they raised the children together. Um, there wasn't this bifurcation of, you know, the man works and the woman stays home. And that's really where we kind of went awry was the 50s where we pushed men out of the home and said, your only job, your only value is a paycheck to provide. And if you can't do that, you're a failure. And then we pushed women out of the workforce and told them that they were a menace if they had any aspirations outside of the home and fast forward to today where most moms are working because they have to, but we're carrying so much guilt and we're comparing ourselves to the Pinterest moms because we don't have a realistic measuring stick of what it means to be a mother here in America. But globally, women and mothers don't have a choice but to work, Elizabeth. Like they take a great amount of pride in working and helping to provide for the home. They don't care. They don't really know what mom guilt is to the extent we do here, but there's also, but there's two important caveats. 
they have support from society and they have support from the policymakers. And it's a societal attitude in other countries where I am my brother's keeper. It, I, it is my responsibility to help raise this generation with you, regardless of whether or not they're my children. Here in America, it's like your kid, your problem, suck it up and deal with it, right? But who's yeah. gonna benefit from our kids that we invest in? Society will. So, but there's also the policies that support families. And that's where I can, I really truly believe like this isn't just about, oh, let's support moms. I really firmly believe we are in the situation we're in in this country because we don't value families and we do not value mothers, mothers in the workplace. So yeah. I'm not so certain we even value fathers in the workplace either. I'm not no. sure we value any parents in the workplace if you want to be, you know, I've got a, my, I've got a cool situation with my husband. Um, maybe you want to talk to him at some point for something, but he, mm -hmm. he made a decision or we made a decision a long time ago to um, not miss events. Mm -hmm. That's good. They're all, you know, be there for things. He's worked from home now for 25 years. Wow. So he was we like, wow, home. he was ahead of the curve. When we were so to, ahead of the uh -huh. curve with that. And he's, he's missed one thing. Um, and it was so, it was just so, and he's a lawyer. He's a, you know, federal securities lawyer. You know, mm. there could have been a lot of different things that he did and he opened a business and has done it from here. And it's been so cool. We've yeah. always been here. We don't he, know what it's like to not have him here. So he did it on his terms, which is really fantastic. And I do think like, I have a whole chapter, chapter yeah. eight in my book is about inviting men into the conversation yeah. and how they can be allies and and also understanding that they're entering this conversation of fighting for equity for mothers. They're coming to the conversation already feeling a little less than, a little intimidated because, because not just because of the messages that we've told them that their only value is a paycheck, you know, but also the mixed messages that they've heard from society and toxic messages, be a real man or be a good man. And those are two different things, right? So, and we've pushed them out of the home and we've told them that they're awful, but then we want them to come help us with this. So you can understand their hesitation. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, look, I do think like we don't value parents in general. Now, dads, there's no denying dads are not dealing with the inequities that mothers no, are dealing no. with. We are paid 70 cents on the dollar. You don't hear of dad guilt. You don't hear of daddy penalty. You don't hear of a dad gap on the resume. You don't hear of a dad tax because once fathers, this is the irony I learned in writing, once fathers become fathers, they're actually deemed as more viable leaders. So they get paid more, but mothers, wow. once we become uh, mothers, we're paid less because we're deemed less viable leaders, which is totally jacked up. Yeah. Um, I've, I've experienced that firsthand too, you know, through yeah. the corporate world, things like that. Mm -hmm. What do you, what's the, what's the state, bring me up to speed on maternity leave these days. I'm going to share a little insight into my maternity leave. Um, I had to sell my Walmart stock that I had as a child that I earned because I put myself to college working at Walmart uh, to pay for my maternity leave, to even extend it to whatever it was. I can't even remember. Mm -hmm. It was not. But I was also like, almost like working from home, taking phone calls. Like there wasn't really a maternity leave. I was like, am I going to have my job back? Yeah. <laughs> it's a hundred thousand years ago, but still. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was scary. It was like, you know, is there what, you know, talk about, I'm not even going to say that intelligently because I just, I'm no, so it's okay. maternity leave. But I want to, I want to close the loop real quick on what you talked about parents. And I think corporations that aren't, identifying parents and taking care of them and like 
and, and trying to recruit parents. They're missing out on one of the greatest leadership opportunities because I mentioned, well, once you become a parent, as I mentioned earlier, you grow and you're actually like parenthood is a masterclass for leadership and parents, when they're well-supported, they are loyal, they're effective and they're your most productive employee. And at a time when, at a time when companies are like facing recruiting and hiring crises, I'm like, hire a parent, take care of them. They won't leave. Um, but to ask you your question, a little bit of time here and there to go see yeah. a sports concert or a baseball game or, you know, not take care of them. Got to take and they will take care people. of you. They will yeah. be so loyal. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about maternity leave. I actually think <laughs> the greatest thing we can yeah, do for gender equality is not maternity leave. It's paternity leave. Thank you. And the reason for that is, well, first of all, the global mandated average of paid maternity leave around the country, around the world is 29 weeks, I think it is, give or take a few weeks. Oh my. And paternity leave, it's 17 weeks paid globally. Okay, so yes. we're the only civilized country of our size that doesn't have a federally mandated paid maternity leave program. And so here, well, this is how we talk all about wow. both sides of our mouths. We're like, we're family friendly, right? Family first but you're punishing me for having a kid and you're making me choose between a kid and a career, right? And you're not yeah. taking care of me. And you're, you're telling me I need to come back to work and I have to like scrape together my sick days. And, you know, I heard some Oklahoma legislators recently talking about how they were thinking about giving their um, paid employees um, maternity leave and paid leave. And they called maternity leave vacation and a utopia. And I'm sorry, but like, wow. this is where we need to maybe do a better job as women of really explaining what's happening. This is not a vacation. We we need to, I don't want to say get graphic, but we have to be real about what's going on in that yeah. maternity leave and, yeah. and not just post our, Hey, just bounce back from my fourth kid oh, photo. Sure. With yeah. No, let's keep it real. You know, what? we are, we're barely cleared to go back to what got us pregnant in the first place, you know, when we're cleared <laughs> to go back to work. Yeah. So, but paternity leave, I think if we can, if we can mandate paternity leave or if, if fathers, this is the greatest thing fathers could do for gender equality in, in period is fight for paternity leave if you don't have it or take it and take all of it. Because out of the gate, just think about what happens, Elizabeth, when you have a kid who's out of the gate, whose responsibility is the child? It's, it's typically the mom. She's yeah, the default. Yeah. Everything falls on her from the very beginning because maternity leave, right? And paternity leave is still frowned on and it's still um, scrutinized and there's a stigma attached to it, even though all the research shows better bonding with your child, better bonding with your significant other and your partner. And also like it, it levels the playing field out of the gate and it creates an equitable situation where you are in it Together. together. You are partnering together. It's not out of the gate with parenthood that the mother is the default for every single thing. And I that's why I think paternity could really, we have a long way to go. But I think paternity leave could make the hugest dent in this. And not yeah, just, not so. just offering it, but guys, take it, take your paternity leave and take all of it. It's going to change the dynamic of your relationship. It's good for your partner. It is good for your child and it and it does more than anything else you could for gender equality out of the game. long game too you know the the long game people don't see there you no. know you miss those moments you can't get them back and then you're suddenly dropping one off i remember the one i dropped one off at college i'm like what just happened like yeah. where, oh, like i know where did that time go but um the the other thing i was 
I kind of lost my train of thought. Actually. No, that's okay. We are it's all good. Topic. Um, uh, we could talk about it for a long time. We could talk about <laughs> everything for a long time. But you know the 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 whole paternity leave maternity leave thing is huge. I mean, I can remember having like you know like two two weeks comfortably, three weeks comfortably, and that was like you know when you think about having a child, you think about everything. You know, your birth a certain way and things happening a certain way. So even the paternity leave maternity leave whatever it's called is structured to have everything go right. Like that's if everything goes right. Like my sister's 15 years younger than me and she just had her third child and you know, it's like a C-section and then you're trying to take care of two other little kids and heal and all these things going on. It's like, Oh my Lord, help me. I can't even think about working. Are you kidding me? I've got to heal my body. Um, And like, it's not a long enough period of time. Yeah. It get isn't work. Are you kidding me? You need like doctors say you need six months to truly recover. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. Like we say we're family friendly, but our policies don't back it up. And if you want it, and this is where I'm like supporting families and supporting mothers in the workplace. And again, most moms work because they have to work. Sure. Okay. We love our work. But we, and we love it too. Why should we have to choose to, oh, our, but we should be supported. Right. We shouldn't have to choose between the two. We should be celebrated for having uh, children. But unfortunately, in this country, um, we are penalized. We, we often have to choose between kids and career. Child care is typically yeah. um, it's like counterproductive because you're paying more for child care. Wages have been stagnant. Child care is through the roof. It's cost the same to send your kid to daycare as it does to go to in-state tuition for college, which is ludicrous. But I really think like it, here's the thing. We need to, we can't just say we're about families and mothers and fathers in this country. We have to like put our money where our mouth is. And this is where policymakers have to step up. This is where our society has to step up and say, look, if we don't have kids, if we do not continue to have children, we won't have a human race and a human race equals a labor force. And a labor force means that we can grow our economy. If we have a diminished labor force, we can't grow our economy. So it's not just the right thing to do. It's, it's the good thing, the best thing to do for our economy, to grow our economy. It's good for your bottom line. And yet we're continuing. This is where I'm like, don't you get it? If you punish us for having kids, it's going to crush the economy. It is absolutely going to crush the economy because we won't be able to grow it because we don't have a labor market. So support families. And from a societal level, I'm just really inspired by other countries. And yes, they're dealing with war and famine and poverty, right? But they've got, but but they've got their together. Pardon my French. They're together too, which that's a whole other book. You know, family is like a unit that's treasured from this age to this age. And it scares, like I'm sitting here going, I'm kind of scared to get old in this country. I'm like, what's the phase I'm in? I'm going, okay, I'm 54 years old this year. Do I, you know, what happens, you know? And it's very strange because it's like mom, you know, grandparents um, live with you. I lived in California for a while and we had people on the block who had their entire family unit intact. I thought it was the cool tech. I thought it was the cool. That's nor Elizabeth, that's normal in other countries. It's the interdependence. So it's this beautiful interdependence where they're dependent on their community. They're dependent on their family. They often have family members living with them, but the attitude from society is this may not be my child, but it is the future of our country. And kids are either the future of our country and the greatest natural resource we have, or they're not. So they're all invested in raising this next generation of children, even if it's not their child. We're here in America, 
it's your kid and it's your problem. It's yeah, not my it. problem to raise your kid. And I'm like, it mm-hmm. actually is your problem. I'm sorry, yeah. because if I don't have a kid, you're not going to have a paycheck because we right. can't grow our economy. So, and, and also when you, when you support families and policies, that actually supports everybody on the roster because people want something different now, right? Everybody wants, like people want to work from home or they want flex location or they want hybrid locations. They want four day work weeks. And we've, it's the data has shown and proven that that can be transformative for employee retention and for the mental health of your employee, regardless of whether or not they're a parent. I know and, I was going to just love you. I'm sorry. I just interrupted you. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> Reduce your report. I keep drinking my water. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, and it, it kind of goes hand in hand too with that. And, you know, I don't know your what you think here either. So I'm just, if you disagree, just disagree. It's cool. But, you know, like paying teachers and things like that, you know, all these people, like kids, if you, if you go from the premise of what you just said, like kids are our greatest natural resource, um, you know, it expands from there in this beautiful way. If we all kind of adopted that philosophy and view and just took care of this whole entire group of people to get these, to get all of our youth into like this beautiful situation of, you know, being ra- raised properly, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it being raised where there's an interdependence oh, and people are working together and yeah. it's, but instead, because we don't have a measuring stick here in America, that's why mothers are more burned out here in this country than ever before. Oh, and and, yeah, and was, because we're literally, like my book says, we're trying to carry it. I have on. no immune system. You know that? Do you know that? Um, from, no. so I, I, when I was an executive, I was flying around with two little babies Mm-hmm. The nanny in hotels, you know, just trying to keep my shit, whoop, my stuff together. <laughs> I just want yeah. to, excuse me, right. keep it together. I said it earlier. It's okay. Make money and do all stuff. And I, sh- I shorted myself out completely. Like I have four life-threatening food allergies on board. Um, yeah, I do. I have a medic alert on and the whole bit. I have like oh no system at all. Um, so it's it's terrifying. You know, I live my life and I I developed them. You know, I was doing all this from. I developed allergies like when I was 28, like with, I had a, after a pregnancy, I developed these food allergies. I was just so exhausted, Mm. absolutely exhausted. And, you know, I'm kind of like that though. I will do everything to the highest level it can be done. And so it's like, okay, so I have two careers now, you know, let's do it. And a lot of that is on us because because yeah. we don't have a realistic measuring stick of what it means yeah. to be a mother here in this country. We try to do it all. We try to carry it all because if we ask for help or we we ask for help and we say, I can't do it, we're weak or we're a failure yeah. because it, it's like we've built up this mommy martyr status of do it all, carry it all. It's your you book. Know, be be yeah. perfect, right? Don't ask oh. for help because you're a failure if you ask for help. But if you could do it all on your own, then you're a good mom. And that's just like a lot of that is on us to say, I can't do it alone. I don't want to. It's not healthy. It's making me mentally un and physically unwell to try to carry it all. And that's not a sustainable model. Look elsewhere globally where there's a they have family living with them. They have domestic help because it's a much more affordable and it's not frowned upon here. It's like, oh, you're privileged. You can hire somebody once a month to clean your house. You're almost like embarrassed to say it because you're seen as weak or you're like, well, if you can do it, then you should do it. And I'm like, no, I hire somebody once a month to come to my house and clean my house. And I'm this close to having somebody help me meal prep because it is such a time suck and I could be elsewhere present and I'd rather take money. But here I am, like I'm trying to explain myself. I shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to. We can't carry it all. We can't do it all. We got to ask for help. 
And we so, need to be that help to other people. Yeah, to, uh, to other moms, especially. There was a there was a whole like mommy war for a really long time. And I don't know if that's mm -hmm. over. I'm kind of hoping it is. Nope, it's it, not. Oh, oh my God. So, it's not. I, so I'm educated. I'm, you know, I got degrees and all this good stuff. And I decided because I was not feeling well. And I, I'm like, I don't want daycare all the time. And it was, you know, just like, okay, I'm going to stay home with the kids. I got so much crap for that decision. It's mm -hmm. I cried my own mom and I love you, mom. But she's like, you're only going to bake so many cookies before you go crazy. I didn't put you through college to do that. I mean, oh. that, the guilt for that decision was like, oh crap, I made a, did I make a bad decision? Yeah. And yeah. I've never had so much fun in my life. Yep. Staying home with kids. I have played Hot Wheels. I have played Rescue Heroes. Yep. Done every, books. I'm I'm like a child children's book expert. Right, right. Them all and mm -hmm. <laughs> so much fun. But you know what's yeah. crazy about that is you are penalized for that. That's oh. called a mommy gap because you you're try gonna, to get back in the workforce. It's been you're going to be penalized because you've been out of the workforce. When in reality, you've been learning. You've been picking up on skills that you didn't have beforehand. <laughs> and you're learning how to be a master negotiator. Yeah. So wait, you're saying that I, I can like get three kids out of the house. I can manage all of these emotions. I can negotiate like a boss. I can, I'm the CFO of my home, essentially. Yeah. I can't run a meeting on budget cuts. I'm sorry, what? Like, no, I have become a better leader because of motherhood, which is yeah. crazy that we're punished for it. I, I wish we would start like this movement where you actually do put in your resume, like CEO of like everything. And here's my gap. And you're just going yeah, to have to totally. it. Here it is. That's but, chapter seven of my book is uh, the mommy wars and how we, we have to be careful how we talk about one another. And at uh, the crux of the mommy wars is just a misunderstanding of another person's choice. Look, I had a lot of blind spots. I just thought like a good mom could stay home with their kids. But the reality is 70% of moms are working because they have to. And 70% of moms will be the primary breadwinner in their family's homes. It's not, it's a privilege to even have the opportunity to say, I want to stay home with my kids. It's a privilege that globally mothers don't have. And so I think like, even how we, it's, you're not a stay-at-home mom, you're a slay-at-home mom. How we talk about mothers and our choices is really big. But if we have, we need to understand that if we're fair game in our communities and our society and corporate America, if we're trying to wonder why we're fair game, why we're paid less, we have to, first of all, ask, why are we fair game against one another? Why are oh. we tearing one another down? My sister would come out of her house and there'd be all these moms with their babies in this cul-de-sac. And I'd be like, gosh, Alex, you have this like yeah. great built-in thing. She goes, they don't talk to me because I work. I'm like, oh, mm. oh my gosh. And oh. there's the assumption that if you work, you can't raise your children. Who's raising your children? Anytime you're gone, you're like, if I'm on a work trip, I would get asked, well, who's with the kids? My husband wouldn't get that. You know, yeah. my husband, and also I'm working because I have to work. You know, I don't have the privilege of, of staying home. Um, and we have to be careful how we talk about one another and oh. realize like, we have to respect one another's choices. And yeah. we, we don't, we tear one another down and- I do yeah. see more, like when I approached you, I do see like more and more like women loving each other, mm. seeing it more and more and more like, like the light bulbs are going off. We, you know, we're not trying to trample all over each other and hurt each other so much anymore, but there's kind of like a little bit of like, okay, I just love your book and you and, mm. you know, <laughs> I, I, there's, I, room. I, there's room at the table for all of us. Oh, and, and women get real territorial and I'm like, 
look, it's one thing to know your worth. It's another thing to advocate for it. But I think the greatest thing that we can do is pull another woman alongside of us and, and make sure she has a voice at the table yeah. because otherwise we're just looking out for ourselves. And that's not how we change the game. Yeah. It's not. Okay. So. I have a question for you and I know you got to go here. We've got about 30 minutes, right? Just a few more minutes. Yep. Um, if you need to go, just holler. Um, you made a pretty big, you got a book out and you got this mm -hmm. whole thing going on. How's that going for you? You know, are you loving life? Is it hard? Is give me some insight into into your it's, world these days. It's exhilarating and it's terrifying. All <laughs> in the same bucket because you know, being an entrepreneur and a founder, I don't know any. I, I'm not a business person, but you know, my experience was in broadcasting and asking questions and uh, being curious and getting to the bottom of things. And so I've had to give myself permission to try something new. And that's, you know, founding Carrie. I don't like it's one, it's just doing, it's a, it's, it's for me, it's like doing the next right thing. And then the next right thing and taking another step and another step. And I haven't figured it out yet. Being an entrepreneur, you wait, you lie awake at night trying to figure out like what's next yeah. for your company. Cause I'm responsible for this, but I really feel so passionate about um, being able to carry the burdens and change the game for mothers and motherhood and, and especially champion working moms. Um, but it's, it's scary and it's exciting and that's okay. Like I've learned that the most rewarding, like if you're not scared about it, you don't do it. It should scare you a little bit and you're never gonna figure it all out. So, but often the greatest challenge when, you know, when you have something on your heart uh, that you want to pursue is you have to give yourself the permission to do it and the permission to fail forward. And like, you've got to give yourself the permission to see yourself at a different capacity. We've limited ourselves like, oh, you have to be a doctor for the rest of your life. You have to be a, a teacher for the rest of your life. I'm like, no, we have different seasons. We're called to different things in different seasons. As a mother, I stayed home with my children for a little bit. And then, you know, I founded Carrie and I've started ramping up a little bit. Um, and so just giving my, I look at my life um, in the scope of chapters and seasons, like this season and this chapter, I feel super called to this and I'm going to pursue it. Things may change and that's okay, but my value is no longer found in my job. Um, and that's not where my identity is. Um, I know who I am outside of what I do. I know my why. Um, and it's given me a lot of freedom to try new things, especially this new thing. So, yeah, which, is, which is scary and remember your value. Always with me right up here. That's good. <laughs> like remember my value. And then the other one is this one. Help people get results. That's good. That's so <laughs> good. Like drive me. And they're I love it. Is one of them written on an envelope too, Elizabeth? Yeah. 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 yeah here. I, I, came, I, I like, love it. That needs I love to go it. right there and just uh -huh. That's so, so good. All right. Is there anything, because you're such a pro journalist too, is there anything mm. that I've not asked you that I should have asked no, you? No, I'm and just like, if, I, like view of like, did I ask you everything I should have asked? Yeah, you're good, you're good. You know, I, I just hope that people, um, I hope mothers feel seen and heard and valued and validated by the book. Um, and I hope that, you know, men understand that they have a huge part to play in this. And, you know, if you, everybody has a mom in, in their life, um, you know, buy the book for, for your mom, for your friend. Um, I just really want, I really want this to turn into more of a movement and a rallying cry. It's not just a book. Yeah, um, you know, the kids have a voice too. What I learned through everything mm -hmm. is, you know, the kids have voices too. Maybe yeah. not initially, but you know, they, I had one who's like, I'm not going to that. I'm yeah. not going to daycare. You can, <laughs> the brakes mm -hmm. were like literally like on. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got attention to that. This one yeah. doesn't like that. And mm -hmm. that was kind of like what started me going, okay, 
I'm going to do something else. And I'm going to, mm -hmm. so I ended up working from home, yeah. which was really interesting as well. I think uh, I like most women have taken calls from the walk-in closet and <laughs> just all sorts of funny things over the years. So crazy. That is so crazy. All right. Congratulations on your book. Um, thank you, I, Elizabeth. And you're a good mom. That's what oh, I wanted to say. So you're a good I'm mom. For you. And thank you for saying that. Cause it's like, Oh, Sometimes you're like, did I do this right? I don't know. Uh -huh. I this right? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a thing. Anyway, mwah. thank you very much for thank being Thank you, here. Elizabeth. God bless you. I appreciate it. Thanks for supporting the message. Good luck with your book. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.